Hello and welcome to the Mind Your Leadership Podcast. I'm Karen Sirk and today I will speak with Shlomo Shoam. Shlomo served as the first commissioner for future generations and as a legal advisor to the Constitution, Law and Justice Committee in the Israeli Parliament. In the last 25 years, he is a meditation teacher and is the founder of the Sustainable Global Leadership Academy, which trains promising young leaders to create global transformations. In this episode, we speak about leading from presence and higher purpose, and we talk about what does it mean, resonant leadership. So stay with us. Shlomo, it's a pleasure to be here with you. Thank you for joining. You are a retired judge, right? And a former commissioner for future generation in the Knesset and chairman of Sustainable Global Leadership Academy and the author of Future Intelligence. It's really interesting to hear about your path and what does it mean, sustainable future? So thank you for introducing me. As you said, I have been a judge for many years. I was the youngest judge in Israel when I was appointed. And I moved from being a judge and also legal advisor for the Constitution and Law Committee in the Knesset, in the Parliament. I moved to be Commissioner for Future Generations. It was a special law in the Israel Knesset law, which gave me a lot of authorities and actually, at the end of the day, changed my life and made me to come closer to my high purpose. And I realized that being in the legal field, also being a chair of a parole committee, was kind of a path towards my dream, my high purpose in my life to create a better world. It sounds like something grandiose, but at the end of the day, this is what I'm doing in the last 10 years and even more. Commission for Future Generations was in the law. I had a lot of authorities that every law and every proposal has to come to my desk. And I had to check if this is kind of a law that can help or take care for future generations or create a damage for future generations. And I could also almost stop. I didn't have a veto, but I could stop the hearing in the committee. And then they had to create a special dialogue, let's say, with me, and then decide if it's really so. And I may say that I have changed many things in the Israeli parliament. I had a great success and a greatest failures. So it was not easy to come to the Israeli Parliament, Israeli Knesset, and I wrote in my book that when you are creating a future out of survival stance, survival mode, you can never really do it right. Because when you're in survival, you look to the future with anxiety. There are a lot of separations and a lot of fears. And when you go there, at the end of the day, create a mess. And after years, I decided to create SGLA, Sustainable Global Leadership Academy, which is now all over the world. We have 22 countries. We have one of the best and famous teachers in our, our academy, like Greg Bredon and Bruce Lipton and Princess Laurentine and others. And we are now training the future leaders of the planet. This is what is our grandiose way to do. So what do you think the crucial abilities, qualities of leaders nowadays in order to lead in this transformative times? We are talking a lot about resonant leadership. 
Peasant leadership means when I'm talking to you or to our listeners, I'm not the leader and you are the listener. I'm not the leader and you are the watcher. I'm with you on eye level, on the same eye level, and we work from the heart. And there is a hard brain synchronicity that we are teaching people. And we are also teaching people how to create kind of a frequency of vibration just by our presence. I'm now looking at your face in, in Zoom. You are far away and still I can feel your energy and you can feel mine and we can create some kind of a resonance, some kind mm -hmm. of a, if you want, an inspiration. And when we are there in this arena, let's say, in this feeling, in this focus, just by our presence we can create something that we can, can connect us and we can go forward. And it is way beyond all what we learned about leadership in our old schools. For sure, it's not about macho leadership. It's not about capitalism leadership. It's more about this kind of leadership that you know you can make a difference just by walking your talk, just by being present, and just by creating this kind of waves that people will follow you just by your presence, not by your authority, not by your commands or whatever it is, just being there. And in order to be there, we have to train ourselves. We have to be, to develop our intelligence, emotional intelligence. We have to go more for what we call feminine leadership, to go to this side within us, which is more containing, like a womb. It's more taking care. There is a great story of Rabbi Nachman. Maybe I'll tell you a story now. Mm -hmm. A great story that says that on a one prince that got mad, and he thought he's a turkey. And he was sitting under the table, naked, eating all the leftovers. All the doctors came and they couldn't heal him. Then one Hasid, one disciple said, I can heal him. So what he did, he also took off his clothes, was sitting naked under the table like him, eating the leftovers. So the prince asked him, what are you doing here? So the Hasid said, what are you doing here? And then he said, I am a turkey. So then Hasid said, I'm a turkey too. And they were sitting together under the table, eating the leftover. After a while, he told him, listen, we can have uh, our underwears and still be turkeys. And then he said, let's take a shirt and trousers, etc., etc." At the end, he said, we can sit around the table like everybody else, but you and me, we will know that we are turkeys. And Rabbi Nachman says, this was the way he healed him. So great leader needs to know how to take off his clothes and sit naked under the table with the people he wants to work with. And only then he can create this kind of a eye level. And only then he can create this, what we call creating our desired future together. It's interesting you're talking about being present, being vulnerable, bringing ourselves fully, being there in our people, you know. There's not any more a leader that you need you to follow, want. but we, it's a social process, right? Each and every time another person is a leader. So we need to increase our ability to be present with what we feel, with open heart, with open mind, with open will, and to enable something new to emerge. But you know, I'm, I'm thinking about our listeners. Okay, it's, it's nice buzzwords, being present, being vulnerable, being um, self-aware. What does it actually mean? Tomorrow morning, what should I do different in order to be more present? We all have this kind of question, you know, big words, nice words, what it means. So we are giving people tools. We are training ourselves and the people on tools. We work on four dimensions, which is the physical, the emotional, 
the intellectual, mental, and the awareness dimension. So at the end of the day, I can elaborate a lot on this. It is a training. We have to train ourselves. Also physically, for example, if you want to be flexible, and now when we talk about the future, we have so much changes in the future. You know, when you push this button of the smartphone, then one day you face more changes that your grandfather faced all his life. Mm -hmm. So we need to learn how to be flexible. We need to learn how to be adaptable. And we need to learn how to be resilient. And this is also words, I cannot do the exercises here, but we are using a lot of tools like future imagery. I wrote in my book also how you create this future imagery and how you create your high purpose so you know what is your high purpose in life. And then when you know it, how you make it feasible, how you make it concrete and how you make the best impact you can make on this planet. How do you do it? You imagine it and you draw it? So it's like, first of all, about the future imagery. Let's begin here. Many people lost their dreams. They're afraid to dream at all. When we were chi children, you know, we had some dreams and our parents said, are you crazy? It's not fit, ta 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 And then we are holding back our dreams. So we have to train our dreams. So we do a lot of meditation exercises in order to learn what is our high purpose at the end. What is our paradise? And when you go to this paradise and you go through this paradise and you create your biggest fantasy and you meet your future self, you meet the Shlomo that in seven years from now or Karen in seven years from now in your imagination. And when you do this work, it's not a mystical work. It's something really real. And then you connect it to reality. Then you do this backcasting. If you want to be in seven years there, where you're going to be in six years, five years, four years, and what you have to do tomorrow morning on mm -hmm. one hand. On the other hand, you do what we call the ladder, the real ladder, how it transform or, or show itself in your daily life, in your relationships, in the place you work, in the abundance, in your ideology or principles, whatever it is. Also, your partner relationships, family relationships, children, etc., etc., etc. So we do this kind of work and we train our awareness, which means sometimes we put our, on ourselves limitations and our mind is putting some limitations. For example, if you have a dream and you are afraid to go with your dream, then you say, no, no, it will not work. And then when we go there, we can find out how we can see ourselves there. And we also imagine as if it already happened. So we bring it nowadays. And I would say also something that is about the awareness first. The awareness, and it sounds also some grandiose, it's in the end beyond time and space. When you are a leader, for example, if you want to go to war or you are a CEO that you want to create a transformation in your company, what you look usually is on the next quarter, you have short-term thinking, it's because you are in a survival mode, you think in, we have an anxiety to the future, and then you are focused there. When you are able to go beyond, when you are able to go to create your future, then you can create a lot more. Let's say, first of all, when you are a leader, you want to have much more information before you do any kind of decision. And most of the information that you can have comes from the excels, and it's not there. A lot of information is by developing your, your emotional intelligence, developing your ability to listen, 
what we call the total listening, your ability to really be there totally in the moment so you can get a lot of information from, your, from the outside. And the more you go there with less fear, with less anxiety from the future, the more you will get much more information. And when you get this kind of information, then you can do a lot of better decisions. And we see it all over, and we also see it with our graduates. You know, we have thousands of graduates in the world now, and you can see people who are really, you know, some of them are VIPs, some of them are doctors, uh, teachers, whatever. And we can see that when they go back to their arena, with this kind of understanding, something is changing. So it's interesting what you're saying. First of all, you say we need to be mindful. For me, being mindful, it's also being able to be connected to our own experience and at the same time, connected to the broader picture, right? Then move between these two realms and decide how to proceed and not being managed by our own feelings and stress and anxiety, because then we won't be able to go further. So being mindful for me in present, it's the ability to also experience our own experience and at the same time, being able to connect to the broader picture. For me, mindful leader, it's the ability to hold the tension, right? Between the short term and the long term, between uh, my desires and the bigger desires, between equality and speed. A lot of tension we encounter. So we need to be able to hold them and be present with them. And from being in the uncertain area and present with what comes and emerges, then we can create a new solution and an innovative solution. It's not a, more of the same. But what you said was interesting for me, and I want to elaborate about it, is the fact of the survival mode. Because I think a lot of us act upon our automatic behaviors, act upon our survival mode, and we are not aware of it. So how can we help people understand that they are on their automatic behaviors? How can we pause and reflect and say, okay, this is the old me, this is my automatic behavior. Maybe there's another opportunity here to act differently. What do you think about it? So first, you know, one of my teachers said at the end of the day, you have to put your ass on the, on the pillow and practice. Yeah. It's about practicing meditation, practicing looking inside. If you talk about mindfulness, it is there. And the more you are able to go inside you and the more you are able to really feel this safe space within you, this peaceful moment in the midst of the ocean, the more you can go there, the easier you can go out. You know, the wise man works effortlessly. So you mm -hmm. talk about the tension between the short-term thinking. There is no tension there. When you really see it totally, it is connected. When you are able to take your dream and bring it to tomorrow morning work or today, to this moment, I always advise, always advise people to act as if it already happened. So if you have a vision for your company, for example, and you, you know, work a lot on the visions. I don't like the word vision actually at the end, but we say uh, the desired future for your company. Then at the end, if you are able to really take it in and act as if it already happened, you can see miracles. And it's not mystical. It's very, very logical. Because what we do, we have a dream and we put it aside and then we go for the next quarter or whatever it is for the next moment. And then we go back to the survival mode. And I have a whole lot of uh, lecture, lectures on survival mode, how you go out of survival mode. But I, I will tell you some main things.
First of all, as I said, when you go to the future with anxiety, with fear, with tension, with stress, always you are in a survival mode. It's easy to, to define. You can just look in your, inside you and feel. Even when I'm talking to you, I, I have minutes that I feel kind of a tension, and I have minutes that I can relax. I don't know why you made me... Usually when I teach meditation, it's easier, but maybe I know that you bring this mind from the business world. So this kind of mind I was facing for many years in my life, and it was not easy to handle. Uh-huh. So I have to take a deep breath now and go back to myself. And when I go back to myself, I can feel. I can feel when I'm tense. It's easy to see. Yes, like you can put your hand on your heart and feel. You can put your hand on your hara, on your belly and feel. You can feel it in, your, in the tension of your shoulders or neck. When you bend forward and you feel this tension, it's like you are going to war. You know, there are many things. This is also the physical part. We're working on the physical part as well. So you can define when are you in a stress mode or not. And stress is always survival mode. That's really interesting because you really felt me because I felt like kind of anxiety for a moment or stress. And then you said, I also feel the stress. So it's, we're interconnected. You see, we feel each other without being in the same physical realm. So that's amazing. From my experience, this is part of the work, the practice. We need to acknowledge what I'm feeling right now and even name it, give it a name and say, okay, part of me is feeling now stressed. What can I do with it? Even acknowledge it and talk about it. And then when I give it place, it can transform, right? Otherwise it's, it's, it's stuck in my body and I act upon the stress instead of giving it space and being with it in the room. I, I remember myself, you know, I was an officer in the army and da, da, da. And somebody asked me, what do you feel? And I didn't know, even know then to express my feelings at all. So I began from a place that I was like handicapped. It was horrible. And then I, I developed in many years this kind of gentle feeling, total listening, something within me that I know where I am and I know how to really define it. And then I know where I am now. When I'm looking at your face and you, you told the story of your anxiety, for example, and mm-hmm. I told mine, all of a sudden we can relax together. Right. Something, yes, it's, it's really visible, you can see it, visible, you can see it. So when you are, let's say, a prime minister or president or a CEO or whatever, and you have to take decisions, and sometimes you have decisions on the spot, and sometimes you have decisions which are really crucial. And I was a judge for many years, I know how it works. So when I was a judge and I was able to look really inside, and connect to my intuition and to my gut feelings. Although it sounds, you know, not legally okay, all my decisions were there really on the spot, and I know. And most of the time, I try to really go authentically. I'm teaching a lot about authentic leadership. At the end of the day, I don't want you, Karen, to be Shlomo, and I want Shlomo to be Karen. And in this world, if we'll not have Karen, the world will be the same. And if we not have Shlomo, the, the world won't be the same. So you have your own high purpose or calling on this planet, and I have mine. And we have to be able to create this kind of vibration and connection and see your uniqueness, like Rabbi Nachman said also, you know, you have to, to make your uniqueness into perfection, something. So to know what is your uniqueness, and I know what is my uniqueness. And then we can also create a dialogue, and then we can also create kind of a unity. Then we can also feel that we are all one, 
it sounds also, you know, spiritual, but at the end of the day, we are all connected. Like Einstein said, you know, all these kind of separations, it's our illusion. And Einstein said our task must be to embrace all population and all the world in its beauty. So this is something that we have to understand. And when we feel this, then we get a lot more information as leaders, a lot more information as CEOs or prime minister or whatever. And then we can really go more accurate and more, let's say, create our desired future. And this is something that I, I totally believe in. And it comes with joy. It comes with happiness. Because when you know what is your high purpose, this morning when I woke up, I know why I'm waking up, what I want to do on this planet. Mm -hmm. And although when I was in this situation, sometimes in the system, which was not easy, in the parliament or in the, being a judge, when I was connected to my feelings and to my high purpose, the whole world changed. I did this kind of the same work, but it was totally the opposite almost, totally different, because I knew that I'm fulfilling something that I was brought to this planet to fulfill. This kind of, I'm saying it like my present to the world. Each and everybody has a present to the world, and we want to bring our present, and this gives us much more joy than from taking things or getting more money. We say in Hebrew, Kesef Koach Kavod, you know, I was saying for many years, now it became some kind of a keyword. So when you are after money, power, and recognition, which sometimes it's okay to have it, but if you are captive with this, you will never be happy at the end. The more you're going to have, the more you're going to need, and you will never be happy there. But it's based on the ego, right? So the new leadership is actually based on connecting to our internal power and being able to serve our employees, our customers, our community. And when mm -hmm. we fulfill ourselves, the money also comes. Yes. Even much more. But from a joyful place, from a connected place. And then, so and then I, you work effortlessly. Then you work like the wise men, you know, like Rabbi Cook said once, but when you feel that your creativity, that you are tired of creating... It's only because you think that creativity is a burden. God created the world in Ha, in one word we say, God said Ha, and the whole world created. So when we are creating, we are like God. We just have to do this Ha, and we know that our really breakthroughs, our really amazing uh, invention or whatever it is, are not coming from making a lot of efforts or working hard. It comes from this Aha moment that we are really still we can really connect to ourselves and we see this kind of work going beyond. So I really connect to what you're saying. For me, it's, it's actually my vision to help uh, organization leaders and managers and individuals work from a flow state of mind, right? To be in a peak performance when we fully immersed our doing and our being are immersed and we are acting from a playful uh, state of mind. And then we are really more efficient, productive and enjoying what we are doing. And then we invest minimum effort and gain maximum results. And this is inside out, right? We're listening, as you say, to our intuition, to what the situation needs from us, for, to other people, and we can co-create new uh, products, services, or whatever we want to. Breakthroughs, we can create, you know, the whole world by just being able, because as I said before, if you want to really invent something new, all the great inventions were those who were able, courageous enough, to say, okay, let's go for something new. And we're courageous enough to go against the flow, let's say. So this needs a courage. It needs, needs something that is not going with the anxiety of the future. It needs mm -hmm. the opposite. It needs some kind of a relaxing, 
peaceful place in the storm, you know, the peaceful moment in the midst of the ocean. There is another story I'll tell you if you want. <laughs> of Rabbi Akiva, it's a great, great story. Also, I, today I'm talking more about Judaism, but that's okay. Rabbi Akiva was in the Sea of Galilee, and there was there a storm, and his ship broke. And everybody was sure that, that he died, that he, he drowned in the water. And then one of his students came out, and he saw him teaching, relaxed. And he said, Akiva, what happened? He said, you know, when the ship was broken, I took some wood. I was holding to this wood, and I came to the sea. And he said, Akiva, you was not worried? Were you afraid? Then he said in Hebrew, I'll say, and then I'll translate. Al kol gal vegal she'avar alai, enadeti lo beroshi. For each and every wave that I saw in the, in the sea, I was nodding with my head. Means, and it's also relevant for ourselves, for our life, even for this time in the world. When you are able to look on the waves from outside, and not to be captive by the fear, then you are centered. Then you can look at the waves, and then you can really know what to do in a very calm and peaceful attitude. When you are in the storm, when you are captive by the storm, and you are afraid of the waves, you will always get drowned in the water. So this is our main challenge and practice, right? To be able to go with the wave and not be captured by it, be centered even when we encounter anxiety, stress, and unpleasant feelings. Shlomo, it was really a pleasure talking to you. Before we wrap up, do you want to give another tip to our listeners what they can do differently tomorrow morning in order to lead to a de- desired future? I, I was laughing at the beginning and I'm laughing at the end because at the end you're asking me something which is almost impossible. I will try to say... One small tip. It doesn't need to be something big, you know. I think the best tip I can give you is take a deep breath. When you are in a stressful situation, breath in and breath out. And when you let the breath out be longer than the breath in, then you give some kind of a sign to your body that you can trust. Because people who have asthma or are in anxious situations, they are breathing like... <gasps> and then when you give your body this sign that you can let go of the air, breath is always there, you know, wherever you are, whatever, even you're still alive, you take a breath. So when you're really able to take a breath, breath in and let the breath out be longer, it will make you more relaxed and your decision will be for sure better. And maybe you're going to be also a happier person on this planet. Thank you very much. A great tip. Shlomo, if people want to follow you, where can they find you? Now we have our uh, leadership program. It's easy. It's SGLA. Sustainable Global Leadership Academy, sgla2020.com. Easy. You can see everything. And if you want to have an interview with me, you can just go to Calendly there and you can have an interview. Great. So, Shlomo, thank you very much for joining and for your time. This was Shlomo Shoam. Hope you enjoyed our conversation. You're invited to subscribe to our podcast in order to know when we upload a new episode and follow us on social media. Thank you for listening. Until next time, take care and bye-bye.